Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise God, indeed. Again, it's an honor and a privilege to stand before you um, to preach the word of God. It's not something <laughs> that take lightly, uh, but I believe God has a word for us, and I give honor to Pastor for the opportunity to do so. If you got your Bibles tonight, we'll be going to the book of James, chapter two. We'll be reading from verse fourteen. To 19. If you're there, say amen. It's good to be back home after taking a two-week trip <laughs> overseas. Um, definitely don't miss the cold, but it's surely good to be back home. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 19 says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled without standing, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. With the help of the Lord this evening, I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about the works of faith. Why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord, to be gathered here in your house, Lord, this evening. Mighty God, it is through faith, Lord God, that we are able to access, Lord, the divine revelation of who you are. God, you have given every single one of us a measure of faith, Almighty God, by which we receive salvation, God. That through faith, mighty God, you do the miraculous. And I pray, Lord God, tonight as your word goes forth. God, that you would stir up our souls, that you would stir up the faith within us to believe that you are who you say you are, that you are still the same God of Genesis that spoke creation into being, that you are still the same God that came onto the earth and you died on the cross for us that we may have life and more of it abundantly. I pray, God, that you bless your word this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The book of James um, was written by Jesus' younger brother, uh, the Apostle James. Now, some scholars refer to the epistle or the book of James as the Proverbs of the New Testament. The book or the epistle of James uh, practically and faithfully reminds Christians how to live. From perseverance to true faith to controlling one's tongue, submitting to God's will and having patience. This letter aids readers in living authentically and wisely for Christ. Many have claimed that James and the Apostle Paul differ on the question of faith versus works. But in reality, the spiritual fruit that James talks about simply demonstrates the truth, the true faith of which Paul wrote. Their writings are complementary rather than contradictory. They don't contradict each other. Now, some early scholars and theologians had trouble grasping the writings of James and of Paul. At first glance, when you look at the book of Ephesians in particular, uh, they may seem to be contradicting, but 
It's not the case once you begin to dig a little bit deeper. Ephesians 2, 8, this is Paul's writing to the, to the church in Ephesus. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. What Paul was conveying to us in his writing is that humanity didn't contribute to anything in order to receive the grace and the salvation of God. The gift of grace and salvation is all God's work. He did all that. And of his own will and out of love gave us the opportunity to be saved. There was no good merit that humanity did to earn the grace of God. There was no brownie points that humanity collected that finally reached, you know, the pinnacle. And God says, all right, it's about time that I rewarded them grace. We did nothing of that. For by grace, Paul says, Paul was writing, or Paul was emphasizing rather on the grace of God. That it was by grace we receive salvation. But the gift of salvation can only be accessed through faith. If you indulge me for a moment, maybe this illustration might help some of us. Uh, Faith is like a key. By grace, for example, God built a door. So the door and the the front of the door, it says salvation. God built that door. God uh, brought it to pass for us to uh, access that door. And he has gone out and given every single human being a key. And that key is faith. Now, there is no work or good merit that anyone has done uh, for God to provide us that opportunity to access the door. Paul emphasizes that the door appeared to us only by the love and grace of God. And it's through the key of faith in your hands that we gain access. But James, on the other end, is telling us that it's all well and good that we all have been given a key. It's good. Every single one of us has been given a key to access that door. It's all well and good. But unless you and I step forth to the door and place the key inside and open it, that key is useless. James says in verse 18 to 20 20 of chapter 2, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. Do you want to be shown how foolish you are? That faith apart from works is useless. Believing alone, having hope alone, having faith alone is not sufficient. It's incomplete. And some are missing out on the promises of God because they are convinced that believing is enough. I have a key, and that's all there is for me. I am satisfied. But I believe, I believe God can heal. I believe God can save me. But a lot of people stop at believing. But they don't act on that faith. They don't act upon the word of God. It's all well and good to have faith. It's all well and good to believe. But unless we obey the instruction of the scripture... Believing alone won't get us anywhere. Believing alone won't get us healed. James says, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. James 5, 14 to 15, James writes, is any Sikh among you 
Is there any sickness amongst you people? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I believe that Jesus is my savior. I believe in the plan of salvation. But unless I take the action of obeying the scriptures in faith, my faith is incomplete. Unless I obey the scriptures and repent of my sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that faith is incomplete. We have to act. Faith calls us to act. Jesus said, unless we repent, we shall all likewise perish in our sins. On the day of Pentecost, Peter, as he was finishing up his sermon, preaching the gospel to the people that were gathered that day, uh, and those that gladly received his word came up to him and the other apostles. And they said, we believe the words that you've been saying to us. The preaching of the word has stirred up something in us. And we want to make ourselves right with God. And experience what you guys have experienced. Men and brethren, what shall we do? You see, their faith caused them to act. They said, there has to be something Something that I can do because my heart is pricked, the Bible says. In Acts 2, 38, Peter responds to them and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto the church 3,000 souls. Speaking about the works of faith. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us the answer. Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. The word faith is pietus in it. Greek in Greek, meaning having a strong persuasion, dependence, or reliance upon Christ. And as we heard this morning, we have to put all our trust in God. And Him alone can we trust. Everything else will fail us, but God will not. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. Faith and hope go together. And the same things that are the objects of our hope are the object of our faith. It is a firm persuasion, expectation that God will perform all that he has promised to us in Christ. And this persuasion is so strong that it gives the soul a kind of possession and present fruition of those things. In other words, it gives believers a foretaste of what's, what is to come to pass. So that the believers, in the, in, as they exercise their faith, they are filled with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the firm assent of the soul to the divine revelation and every part of it. And sets to seal that God is true. It's by faith we believe that God is true. God exists. And if God exists and if God is true and God is incorruptible, then his word is true. It's the only absolute truth. 
Faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the natural ability of the body. Romans tells us that God has given every single one of us a measure of faith. Meaning we all have a measure of faith. And we all put faith into practice every day. You don't have to be religious to have faith. Whether in the natural things or the supernatural, we all exercise faith. Even the so-called atheist exercise faith. It takes faith to believe that God does not exist. It takes faith to believe that God does not exist. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the words, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. It's through faith we believe that God spoke in Genesis. That it is God who created the world that we see today. But others want to believe something else and say that the world came by itself. But that takes faith also to believe that the world came to being of its own self. But we know that there is a creator behind the beauty that we see in our world today. When we wake up, we all have the when we wake up, we all have faith that the light will turn on when we flick the switch. When we go to the bathroom or the sink and turn the tap, we have faith that water will flow. And when we step out of our house, we have faith that we'll get to our destination in one piece. That everybody's going to behave themselves on the road. And I will get there in one piece for whatever mode of transportation. Whether your feet, uh, a motor car, a bike, you have faith that that will take you to your destination. Faith is not some mystical thing. The application of faith in the natural and the supernatural is the same. The only difference is that one is visible and the other is invisible. In the natural, it's easy to exercise our faith because we can see everything. We can touch we can feel. To some degree, we can comprehend what's going on. For example, let's say your car breaks down, or your phone fails you, or the lights in the house are not working anymore. We can simply call upon the technician to come and fix the problem. And though we may not have a clue of what goes on in a phone, or how everything works within a phone, or how electricity all works, but we have faith in the person or thing that is fixing it. Why? Because we see it for once. And the second is that we did research, looked up at different companies or different people and the technology of the person and what it's capable to do. In other words, we looked at the testimony of that person, that they are good at what they do. And so we have faith that this person is competent to accomplish and bring to pass the thing that I'm hoping for, that my lights come back on, that my phone is restored to full function. In, this, in the gospel, we have many written testimonies and accounts of Jesus doing miracles. I believe it was John that wrote that there is not enough ink and paper to write down all that Jesus did and has continued to do since creation. It is through faith that we understand and believe that the world was framed by God, by the word of God. And if we carefully look at the recorded accounts of Jesus doing his miracles in response to the receiver's faith he just spoke 
And in the same hours, miracles happened. As he spoke in the beginning, when he came to earth, he just spoke. He didn't take somebody that was sick and began to do surgery. He just says, lift up your hands. And the hands was restored. He said, rise up and walk. Their feet received strength and they began to walk. He spoke to the demon possessed and said, come out of that person. And by the word of God, they obeyed and the person was delivered. These men and women were recipient of great miracles of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all these men and women had two things in common that caused them to receive their miracles. One is that at some point they heard of the gospel, the good news, that there is a man of Nazareth that is able to do things that defy the laws of nature. A man sent by God to do great miracles. And in hearing of his testimony, their faith was stirred up. If he is able to heal, if he is able to cleanse and deliver others, for a surety he can do it for me. The second is that their faith drove them to take action. And for some, such was their faith that they took drastic action in order to witness their hope come to pass. In Mark chapter 2, we come to an account of a man that was crippled and his friends when they heard that Jesus was in Capernaum they did all that they could to get them to Jesus it says and he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house and straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto them and they Come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So his four friends carried him. And when they could not come in nigh unto him for the press because of the people, they uncovered the roof, and there he was. And when they had broken it up, they laid down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is it easy to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. But ye know that the Son of Man hath, no, hath power on earth to forgive sins. Verse 11 says, And I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We've never saw it on this fashion. Such was the faith of this man and his friends that when they saw that they couldn't get to Jesus through the door because of the crowd that was surrounding the house, they said, we have to get in another way. They could have just given up and said, hey, maybe it's time to go home. We can't get to Jesus. But their faith said that our friend has been sick. And Jesus is the only answer. And that answer is on the other side of this crowd. And they decided that it's not going to be enough to give up, but their faith drove them 
to go on the roof of the house, tear it apart, and drop him right in the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus told to the men, thy sins are forgiven. Rise up and go. But with every miracle, there's always going to be people that mock, people that doubt. And such were the Pharisees. This guy is speaking blasphemies. No one can forgive sin but God. But they failed to receive the revelation that Jesus was not any other prophet. He was not any other human being that's ever walked the earth. He was God manifest in the flesh. And he had all power given unto him in heaven and on earth. In Mark, in Matthew chapter 8, in Luke chapter 7, we find the account of the Roman centurion that had a servant that was sick unto death. Such was the sickness that his body began to be paralyzed. And somehow, the Roman centurion heard about the news of Jesus. He heard about him doing great miracles. He heard about him healing people, delivering people. And when it was made known to him that Jesus was in town, his faith drove him to meet Jesus on the way. And he met with Jesus and he asked and inquired of Jesus to heal his servant. And then Jesus told him, all right, let's go to your house. But the Roman centurion said, no, master, I am not worthy they should come to my house. But I know that if you speak the words, my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I've never seen such faith. No, not in Capernaum. You see, the man had heard enough about Jesus that Jesus was not any other physician. He didn't have to do surgery. But by the words that came out of his mouth, the miraculous happened. And such was the faith of the centurion. He said, you only have to speak the words. And I know that my servant will be healed. In Matthew chapter 9, in Mark 5, in Luke 8, the apostles recalled the account of the woman with the issue of blood. It seemed like everything was stacked against her. She spent 12 years with all manner of physicians trying to uh, heal her sicknesses. She spent all her money on treatments that brought zero results. And in the midst of possibly giving up, the good news about Jesus reached her. That there is a man that's able to heal her. While hope stirred up in her, the Lord came trying to crush her faith. Whoa, whoa, stop right there. Where do you think you're going? I'm going to get my healing. Come on now. Don't you know that you are unclean? Don't you know that you cannot approach this holy man? But such was her faith, even though she knows by the law she was not allowed to be in public because she was unclean. She had faith that even though I cannot get to him, even though I cannot approach him and have a conversation with him, even though I know he's not allowed to touch me because I'm unclean, but if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know for a fact I will be healed. And such was her faith that she pressed through the crowd that was trying to get to Jesus. And when she came in contact with the hem of his garment, the Bible says that virtue went out of Jesus and he healed her instantly. Because such was her faith. She said, 12 long years I have waited and there was no hope. 
But hope has finally come to my door, and I will not miss out today. And she pressed through the crowd that she may touch Jesus. The Gospels also record account of a blind man named Bartimaeus. And as Jesus was walking through the, the street, they told him all, Jesus is passing by. And Bartimaeus was like, where is he? In what direction is he walking? Can somebody guide me? And people were like, you just shush, you just stay still. You don't need to trouble the master. While nobody could help him to get him to Jesus, Bartimaeus said, this is my only chance that I'm ever going to get. And he just he got up on his feet and began to cry with a loud voice, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. He kept on crying out the name of God until God heard him. And Jesus turned to him and said, what can I do for you? And he said, I know that you can restore my sight. And in that same hour, Jesus touched him and his eyes were restored. The works of faith. James 2, 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, it's dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me that faith without that works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. It's all well and good to have hope, and so we need hope. It's well and good to believe in God, and so we must. It's all well and good to have faith, and faith is essential, for without it we cannot approach God. But faith without action is incomplete. The Bible says that he that cometh to God must first believe that he is. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And please do not misunderstand me tonight. I'm not preaching that we should chase after miracles. The Bible says to seek after God. We must seek after Jesus. If we do so, he will reward us according to the riches of his mercy. Mark tells us that these signs shall follow them. Miracles, signs, and wonders will be a byproduct of our faith and obedience to God. But if our faith does not drive us to take action, then our faith is dead. Our faith is of no use. It's high time that we take action. Don't let your doubts and your fears cripple you from receiving what God has for you. Come on, Ananias. It is time for you to step out in faith because there is a soul waiting for you that they may receive spiritual revelation of who Jesus Christ is. There is somebody out there that God is calling you to reach because God has a plan upon their life. God wants to use them for his glory. Come on, Peter. Stop resisting the visions and the voice of God because there is a household. There is a group of people that God wants you to preach the gospel to them. There is a group of people that need to go down in the water for the remission. Of their sins. Well, come on, Bartimaeus. Don't listen to the voice to tell you that you cannot. 
that God cannot use you, that you are useless, and that you are disregarded. But God says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that what? That we may show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are of value and God desires to use you. Oh, come on, soul. I know it's hard to kick against the prince, but do not resist the call of God upon your life. God has a call upon your life, but do not resist God. Step out in faith and embrace the call of God, and you will see amazing things. What are you waiting for? Arise. Step out in faith and believe God. If you are yet to respond to the gospel message, the salvation message, the greatest miracle that takes place, the greatest miracle that God performs on a daily basis is not healing your sickness. It's not delivering you from all manner of addictions and bondage. It's saving your soul. Because trust me, you can be healed, you can be delivered, but you can still go to hell. And if you have not taken the faith to obey the scriptures, rise up, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you are yet not to receive the Holy Ghost, you ought to get up every day like Bartimaeus. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. I believe the words that you have said in your word in this book, that this promise is not only to some people, but it's to all that will believe. And that promise is for me as much as it is them. Why don't you rise with stand up this evening? The crowd musicians, please. God is desiring to do a mighty work in us. God is desiring to do a mighty work in this generation. I don't know about you, but I believe that my God has not changed. The God of the apostles, the God of Genesis has not changed. The God of Moses in Exodus has not changed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And whatever need you have in this house, God is able to meet it. God is able to meet it. God is able to perform it. God, he is faithful because God will finish the work that he has started. I don't know what need you have today. I don't know what it is that God is dealing you, dealing with you about. But God has come to tell you if you would just step out in faith, if you would just put your life in his hand, you will be amazed at what God is able to do. God is not limited like man is. God will not fail you like man would. God will not fail you like the world has failed you. As we heard this morning, everything else will fail you. But if you put your trust in God, you will not be disappointed. Because our God is a great God. Why don't you come? You're just going to open up this altar or open. If you have a need, come before the Lord. Come before your Father. He is able 
to meet this need. Oh, Lord Jesus, we worship you, almighty God, this evening. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, God, that we are able, Lord, to walk boldly into the throne room of grace. That, Lord, we are able to have an audience with you, Lord God. Father, you said whatsoever thing, Lord God, that we ask of you in faith, Lord God. Lord, you are faithful to perform it, Lord Jesus. That if we seek, mighty God, we shall find. Lord, if we knock on the door, it shall be opened. That if we ask, we shall receive. God, I pray, Lord, right now, the faith will be stirred up in this house. The mighty God, that you are able to do it. God, you are able to do it, God, in this same hour, not tomorrow, not two weeks from now, but in this hour. You are the same God that died miracles in the Gospels. You are the same God that's able to do it today. Hallelujah, Jesus.